0: Amen. We've been talking about spiritual discernment. Am I right? Uh, We've been talking about how to develop. Anybody know how to develop it yet? (laughs) Amen. Anybody got notes? Uh, Anybody know how to develop spiritual discernment? I gave you some things. All right, all right, all right. There you go. I heard something. Stand on what? God's promises. What else? What else we talked about? I told you something. I told you there's something else that you need, and it was something that we we talked about. Actually, if you look at your handout, it's there. Amen. I told you that you must develop a biblical worldview. Amen. If, if I were to ask you, what is a worldview, what would you say a worldview is? Your perspective is the sum total of how you see life. reason people are despair or depressed and down or they're stressed out over circumstances is because they don't have a biblical perspective of life. So, in other words, what happens to them is that they see their problem rather than seeing God. Hello, somebody. They, they see their circumstance rather than the scriptures. This is why I've told you to get a promise every week, at least two promises every week. And I want you to stand on those promises. Amen. So, when you have a biblical worldview, right? You can see life, you can see your circumstances through the lenses of scripture. So when I say biblical worldview from now on, I want you to understand what you're doing is switching your glasses. All right. You're putting on new contacts. Amen. Some of you don't wear some of you wear contact lenses, right? So it's the same thing with glasses. You're you're switching your glasses because you're not you're not discouraged because you're seeing things as God would see them, right? But you're believing in His promises so much so that when things come up in your life, Amen. You're not panicking. You're not you're not l- listen. Uh, a whole lot of things that def- listen. I said something, those of you who are taking uh, in the class on, on Sunday mornings at 9.05, I'm teaching developing a faith that works. And one of the things I told you, a mature Christian knows how to respond to adversity. They know how to respond positively under pressure. Why, how can I respond positive under pressure? How can I do that? If I see it the way God sees it, how does God see it? God sees it through his word. You you follow what I'm saying? Sunday, I, what did I preach on Sunday? Build an altar. Amen. Why, what is the definition of an Altar. An exclusive place in you, inner sanctuary, where you and God, what? Commune together, right? So, now watch where I'm going with this. You hear this stuff, but the question is now, are you applying it? That's where the difference comes in in your life, okay? All right, okay, there it is on the screen right there. Amen. There it is on the screen right there. See what I'm saying? You gotta get this because this is very important. Because if you're gonna have a biblical worldview, right, you need to have a place where you can sacrifice all the things that you feel you need to bring before God. I told you it's a place of surrender, it's a place of solitude, it's a place of sacrifice, it's a place of surrender, it's a place of spiritual joy. Amen. Now, if you can remember all of that and then apply the scripture to your life, then you're going to do well when it comes down to spiritual discernment. Not everybody's going to be able to tell you anything and you say, oh, okay. You know, because there are a lot of people walking around talking about praise the Lord and hallelujah and God is favoring you and all this other stuff. And that talking good Christian talk, but in all actuality, it's it's laced Hello, somebody, with a worldly worldview. Amen. Are you with me? So so go to that John, where were we at? John 15? And I want to show you something. I told you I was going to deal with this this week, right? Told you last week that there are signs of salvation. Amen. One of the signs of salvation is that you are going to be a fruit-bearing Christian. Hello, somebody. If, if you're going to be a Christian, you have to bear fruit. Amen. And I told you that the fruit is what? Your what? Your character, your conduct, and your conversation. Y'all doing good. Give yourself a hand. Y'all doing real good. Amen. So go back to verse 5, right? Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the what? So you understand your position in the kingdom. You're not divine. Hello, somebody. You are the what? He who what? Abides in me and I in him. What does he do? Now, if I am not a fruitful Christian, if I am not bearing fruit, then the question is, who am I connected to? That's where a lot of people lose discernment because they get cut off from the vine. Now, I told you that this word abide, this word abide in the Greek, the word means it's meno, M-E-N-O in the Greek. The word meno means to wait, to continue, to to endure. Amen. So here's the thing. To stand, to remain, no matter how tough it gets. Amen. Why? Because this Christian journey, the devil is not playing with us. And here's what he'll try to do. He'll try to deceive us spiritually. For the moment you start getting a little momentum, here he comes with a false doctrine. Here he comes with a false teaching. Here he comes with frustration. Hello, somebody. And if you are equipped with a biblical worldview and a lens that you're looking through, you're seeing life through the lens of scripture, you're not going to fall for the okie doke You're not going to be hoodwinked. Hello, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. You're not going to be tricked. By the enemy. Because the Satan, Satan is very deceptive. As a matter of fact, Satan will have you thinking that you're in control. That's exactly what he wants you to think. But watch the text. The text says, for apart, for apart from me. What did he say? Huh? how many Christians we have here today that are trying to do it without him. You talk a good talk, amen. You got got Christian language down. You can imitate real well. You say it one week, but the next week, you are not, listen, it's an action that you have to do. He says, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing but you don't want to stay connected to the vine because somehow sin has crept into your life and it's seducing you away from the truth. Y'all with me? Watch this. I'm going to show you something. The signs. If the text says apart from me, I can do nothing. Then why am I not committed to Christ? I've tried everything else, but the one thing I did try, and it did work, but when things start going well in my life, come on somebody, when God turned things around for you, when circumstances started going better for you, you found yourself, watch this, now changing worldviews. Is God only good to you when you're going through? Hello, somebody. Or is he the God that's good all the time? Hello, somebody. Look what the text says. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me. I dealt with this last week, right? He, what does he do? He throw. He, he is what? He's thrown away as a branch. And what? And what happens? What happens to them? I gave you the illustration last week about how when you cut a tree off a branch, right? When you cut a tree, when you cut the branch off the tree and you lay it on the side of the road, what starts happening? You may drive by one week and it still may look like it's alive. And that's how some of us Christians look. We look like we're alive, but guess what? We're really dying on the inside. Amen. We're dried up. Our praise is dry. Come on, somebody. Amen. We read when we feel like it. You know what? When you start running out of strength, it's because you're drying up. Listen, God will sustain you. Hello, somebody. Through the word of God, I've, I've sat under preaching. i never forget this. When I first got saved, I really experimented with this thing like... I went to church, we used to go to church from, from, I think we do church, we went to church all day. And that's every Sunday. Either my pastor was preaching out somewhere, or, don't let it be anniversary month, we had a whole month, every Sunday, there's something going on. But here's what I found out, even though I stayed there all day, I was never tired. You know why I wasn't tired? Because I was operating in the spirit and not in my own strength. And as a matter of fact, the more words you sit up under, the stronger you become. The Bible says every time you hear a word, it washes you. It regenerates you. In other words, it revitalizes you and it revives you. Are you following me? We're getting ready to update our podcast because our podcast has not been updated in a while. But here's what I want to, want to encourage you to do. I want you to get on the podcast and start listening to the word again. Start listening to the messages that you hear at church, outside of church. Start, shut off 97.9, the box. Shut off all them other preachers and start listening to your preacher. Start listening to his voice. And what you'll find out, God will begin to revive you. Hello, somebody. Amen. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, if you, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a what? As a branch and it dries up. They gather them and cast them into the fire and they burn. Verse 7. If you abide in me, here's the next piece right here. So the first thing is that you understand that you cannot do anything apart from God. Period. You have to abide in the word. You have to become fruitful. This is a clear sign that you are developing spiritually when you start bearing fruit. But here's the other sign right here. He says, if you abide in me, that same word, the same word, what's the word? Menno, right? If you abide in me, and what? And what? And what? Huh. And what? My words abide in you. So watch this. He's saying that there is an obligation in this relationship. The obligation is you remain with me, but you also have to make, make it part. I was going to say make time. But you have to, as a believer, get in this word every day. You can't do it when you feel like it. You can't do it when you think about it. You have to abide or continue in his word. Watch this. Watch this. He says, you know, you know." here's the thing. I, I thank God today. Today I got an opportunity twice. I prayed about something. And it came to pass twice today. It's nothing special about me. The only thing different between me and a lot of people, and there are people like me, and you have the same power and the same access, I try my very best, and I fall short, to remain in his word. Ask, listen, you know why life is difficult for some of us today? We're we'll making it difficult because we're like the children of Israel. We're stiff-necked. We're stubborn. And we, wanted, we want God on our terms. We want God to do things for us, watch this, without us reciprocating back to him Through our lives, through obedience. He says to us, if you abide, if my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, here's the thing when you are abiding in God and bearing fruit, watch this, and his words are abiding in you, watch this now. Whatever you ask for or whatever you wish for will be in his will. You're not praying about things that you want. You're praying for things that God wants to happen in your life. But not only that, but that it brings glory to him. So you're not going to be asking for no stupid stuff like my iPhone. I know I need a new iPhone or I need a new Mercedes and things like that. You understand what I'm saying? Material things, right? You're going to be asking for things that will glorify him. Amen. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Are y'all hearing me? Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, my father is what? By what? Oh, let's back up to the context. First, before you go to the next part of the verse... The context is what? You're bearing fruit. You're abiding in him. His words are abiding in you. In other words, here's my question to you, right? When you hear a sermon or when you come to Bible study, okay, all right? When you come to Bible study, the question I have for you tonight, does it remain with you or does it just leave you? Or is it something you just did religiously? Or you just did it out of obligation? Or you just did it because, you know, I'm, I'm in ministry or whatever the case may be? That's the question. Because until this word starts really going down in you and starts remaining in you, here's what takes it away. The worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. Come on, somebody. All right, doubt, okay, and, and watch this. And the ground that the word is falling on. The ground, what ground? Your heart. What type of ground do you have? Amen. Uh, is it falling by the wayside? Is it falling among thorns? Amen. Are you with me? Is it falling on rocky ground? Or is it falling on good ground? Because if it falls on good ground, all of a sudden it starts taking root. And then all of a sudden you start seeing it come alive in you. Are y'all following me? Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. So you prove to be what? What? There are a lot of people in church, but they're not disciples. A disciple is one who bears fruit. People say the definition of disciple, this is is what you've heard a lot, and I've taught this. The definition of disciple, he's a what? A learner, right? He's a learner, right? Yes, he is a learner, but he's also a liver. Remember I said that last week? He lives it. He does not just hear the word and not apply it to his life. He hears the word and he begins to live it. And as he begins to live the word of God, his life changes. Your life is not going to change hocus pocus. You got, We got all kinds of issues. Come on, somebody. And oftentimes it shows up in our character, it shows up in our conduct, and it shows up in our conversation, saints. Y'all follow me? So so you and I must prove that we're a disciple. See, this is not talking about your salvation. It's talking more so about your sanctification. See, a lot of people are saved, but they're not a disciple. How do you prove that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? How many of you are disciples of Jesus Christ tonight? See, and this is how you put it to the test. Number one, are you fruitful? Number two, are you abiding in Him? Number three, are you abiding in His Word? You're not arguing with the Word. You're not disputing with the Word. You are living the Word. And number four, are you glorifying Him in? everything and in every area of your life, are you glorifying him? See, watch this, watch this. Verse nine, just as the father has loved me, I have what? Loved you. Here's the next thing that he's telling you to remain in. Abide in my what? In my what? In my love continue in my love. You say, how do I know if God really loves me? Well, let me let me give you a hint. Let me give you a clue. Look at the cross. <laughs> he died on it. So do you need any more evidence that he loves you? Look what he says. He says, He says, abide in my love, but watch what he says next. He says in verse 10, if, (laughs) You you say, I am a disciple, I say, prove it. You say you love God, I say, prove it. Here's how you know if you love God. You will keep his commandments. What is this commandment? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and your neighbor as yourself. And in every other command you see in Scripture, if it says, Give and it shall be, it, it's a command. Amen. Whatever command, so not only do we follow or claim the promises, write this down somewhere. Not only do we claim the promises, but here's the next thing we got to do also. We have to obey the commands. So therefore, that calls for obedience. And you know what the problem is today? A lot of us are not obedient to his what? To his commands. We're twisting his commands to make it fit our circumstance. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They knew the word but they did not obey the word because they made it convenient for their agenda. Are y'all following me? Watch what he says. He says, If you keep my commandments, if you keep my commandments, you will abide what? In my love. Look at look what it says. Look what it says. Just as I have what? Kept. So, in other words, we have an example. See, a lot of kids are not obedient to their parents. They listen, but they don't obey. Hello, somebody. He says, but I give you an example. Jesus never came to destroy the command. He came to to commandments. He fulfilled the commandments. Look what he says. He says, just as I have. Why would Jesus say that? You know why he'll say that? He's saying that because he's saying, hey, y'all, here's an example for you just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Look what he says in verse 11. These things I've spoken to you. And here's the reason why a lot of us don't have joy. We're not fruitful. Hello, somebody. We're not abiding in him, so there's a relationship. Amen. We're not bearing fruit. Amen. And as a result of that, what we're doing is we're walking around thinking we're saved and thinking that we're growing when all actuality we're just walking around in circles. That's all we're doing. We're being religious. But these scriptures talks about commands. Look what he says. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy. My what? My joy may be where? You ever, if you examine this passage very carefully, he talks about what will be in you. What will be in you? His word, his love, his fruit, his commands. Look what he says. He says, These things that my joy may be where. The question is, whose joy do you have in you? See, because when you have his joy, The world didn't give that to you. Let me tell you something about the world's joy. It will run out on you. He says that my joy may be in you and that your joy, God is interested in you having joy. And your joy may be what? Made what? Full. All right, I'll stop there tonight. Put the questions on the screen. I'm sorry. Went over a little bit. I'm I'm telling you, I'm never going to get through this. All right, so break off in groups now. We're going to break off in groups. Amen. Let's get together. All right, and we're going to discuss now what we just learned. Here are the questions. You don't. To remain in his word, um, I have so many. My question would be, um, we were talking about what type of ground am I? And, you know, I, I'm here. I'm here, but I have to <clears throat> make sure I, you know, uh, meditate, study, and so I'm not really sure what ground I'm on what scripture? I was trying to pull. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you were go to Matthew. I, I did this for Matthew 17. Is that 17? No, that's not 17. No, 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 that's not. No, that's not right. Uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark chapter 4. This is the parable of the seed and the sower. And look what Jesus said. He began to teach them again by the sea and such a very large crowd. This is Mark chapter 4. Gathered to him and he got into the boat and he sat on the sea. He sat, uh, he got into the boat and in the sea and he sat down. The whole crowd was by the sea of the land and he was teaching them many things in parables, saying to them in his teaching. Listen to this. Behold, a sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the what? The road. And the birds came and what? Ate it up. That's what, that's what you want to say. You have to decide what type of ground you are. Are you that type? You know, uh, uh, when the word is being sown, are you the kind of person who is living beside the road? You're not all the way in. You're not committed. You're not committed to applying it. It's just falling in your life, and then it's falling out. Or the birds just come in and grab it up, okay? Other seed fell on what? Rocky ground, right? Where it did not have much soil, right? And, and, and it says, and immediately it sprung up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was what? Scorched, and because it had no, no root, it what? withered away so the question is is the word taking root see what i'm saying in your life right watch this the others fell among what thorns and the thorns came up and what choke it out that means you're living you're living in the club you're living at home you're living there you're living there you're living all over the place and you're trying to serve god but but stuff is choking it out there's a lot of reasons why a lot of people don't grow, man, because they are living, they're not in the father's house. they They, want, they rather live on somebody's couch. Hello, somebody. Living among the thorns. Amen. Look what it says next. It says, and, and, and the seed fell into good soil. And what happened? And as they grew up and increased it, yield what? A crop producing what? 30, 60, and 100. In other words, you begin to multiply. See, that's how you know that you've you got, you got good ground. Everything you touch multiplies. Hello, somebody. Amen. Now, go to verse 13 now. Let's look at Jesus' explanation of the parable. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How is it that you don't understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. That is, who's the sower here? Je- Jesus? I'm talking about here. The pastor is the sower. Hello, somebody. The pastor. Is, listen, when you miss church, you ain't getting no 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 seed sown in your ground. I'm trying to help you with something. Look what he said, and you can't do church like Netflix on demand. That's how we want church. We want church on demand. We binge watch, hello somebody, and we think that our problems are going to be fixed. It don't work like that. Look what he says. He says, that these are the ones who's, who are beside the road which, the, which, where the word is what? Sown. And when they what? Immediately who? Do you not know that you got Satan bug repelling on you? I'm trying to tell you from the moment you walk out these doors, Satan is waiting for you at the doorknob. Not outside at the doorknob. From the time you hit the switch. He's standing right there. You know what he wants you to do now? Think about all the problems. The car broke. This broke. That happening. This is happening. That is happening. And everything that I done sweat up here and labored and sold, gone. Gone. From the time you hit the handle. Look at the text. Text says, immediately Satan comes and take. How in the world you're going to allow Satan? To take from you what's precious when he says, abiding it. Amen. Abide in my word and whatever you ask, you can have it. Hello, somebody. But when the word is sown in your life, because the ground is what? Rocky ground, beside the road ground. In other words, you were listening, but you wasn't really listening. I'm sorry. You were listening, but you weren't hearing. You were listening, but guess what? You were thinking about it. Man, I'm just doing this. I'm just going through this. I'm just going through this thing. I'm just doing this. Mama told me to come to church. Here I am. See what I'm saying? I'm just here. Watch the text. Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, those, these are the ones whom seed was sown on what? Rocky places who, when they hear the word, look at the text. The text says what? Immediately. Watch this. They receive it with what? Oh yeah. They happy. They heard the word. I, whoo. Yeah. Preach pastor. I got joy. Watch what the text says in verse 17. And they have no firm root in themselves because, but are only what? And when what? Affliction, persecution arises, watch this, because of, listen, I understand why some of us start and don't continue, because the moment you hear a word, you are afflicted by Satan. Persecution comes because of what you're learning, y'all. He says, look what he says, he says, Persecution and affliction comes, and what happens? And immediately, what happens? Now, now, notice what it says. It says they fall away. There's no chance you fell away. You fell away because the word was being sown on bad ground. Because you weren't really here. You weren't here. You were, you were just going through the motion. Let me tell you something. When you come you stay here. You stay committed like I've seen some of you do. Let me tell you something. you moving. you moving from bad ground to good ground. Because you will have affliction. You will have persecution. And from the time you hit that doorknob, Satan is waiting for you. Watch this. To take from you what was just sown in you. Why do you think he don't want you to come? Why do you think this is not attractive? up to come to the Bible study and you just don't feel like it? I can tell. I can look at your face. I know. I already know. Moment you walk walking. I said, yep, they don't want to be here today. I said, let, let me see what kind of soil I'm working with today. I'm trying to tell I'm telling you. I see it on your face. Hello. The sower knows the ground. Look what he said verse 18. And others are the ones whom saw, whose seed was sown among the what? thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. Now watch this. They all have the same opportunity. To what? Here's the thing. You ain't got to work when you come here. Guess who's working? Watch what he says. But the worries. Look at it. The worries of the world Pastor, I got to get this second job because I got to pay for this, this, and this, and this, and that, and that, and that, then all this other stuff. He said, and the deceitfulness, that's deceitfulness. The deceitfulness of what? Riches, and watch this. Watch your deceit, but also watch your desires. He says, and the desires for what? Tell your neighbor other things. You don't want this. You want what? Other things. YOLO. You understand what I'm saying? You want what? Other things. What happens, y'all? It enters in and what? Choke the word and it becomes what? So you say, what kind of ground am I? Look at it. Am I listening to, am I leave here, all I am doing is thinking about my worries and troubles and the deceitfulness of riches, the world and all this other stuff. Look at verse 20. He says, and those whom seed was sown on good soil and hear the word and, ex-. There's, the, there's the key word right there. It what? It bears what? Didn't we, didn't we talk about fruit earlier? Character, conduct, conversation, add one more thing to that C, add another C, Christ-likeness. Because you start looking like Jesus. It's four C's. Character, conduct, conversation, and Christ-likeness. That's because when the word falls upon you tonight, it's falling.